Are you looking to fine tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself, in each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine Tune. So recently when I was reading some of my lovely digital marketing newsletter volume that comes into my inbox, I was reading about a national dollar store chain, you know, the kind that you you go on the weekends during a pandemic to buy those little dollar things to keep your kids occupied, though mine are a little bit older, so it's different kinds of things to keep them occupied. They're launching a retail media network. And they're not the first. In fact, many large retailers on a global basis are launching these retail media businesses. And I'm trying to understand why. What is it? What are these retail networks? Why now? Why is the right time for large retailers to do it? Well, if you follow digital marketing, you know that there are large e-commerce players out there who make a lot of money on media and advertising. But now we're seeing what were the more traditional retailers getting into the space. And so today with me, I have an old friend, Dana Toring, who is a 20-year veteran, not that you're old, Dana, of <laughs> the digital media, advertising, technology landscape. He's worked at some amazing organizations, AOL, Adobe, Accenture. I just realized they all start with the letter A. <laughs> but now he's taken his experience and his current role is the vice president of Walmart Connect Canada, where I guess, Dana, and you'll talk about it, but you're responsible for leading and, and really building a business around this, this whole notion of retail media. So welcome to the podcast today, Dana. Thank you, Corby. Great to be here. So the first question, what is a retail media network? Well, look, it's, it's actually, uh, it's, it's not new. I'm, I'm a, bit of a, a bit of a history buff and, you know, understanding the history, certainly in the context of retail is interesting. And, and I think it's like, it's really, it's an evolution and, and certainly a, a transformation of like, like most businesses are going through these days of older models and monetizing consumer traffic is not a new concept for retailers. They've literally been doing it since the seventies when trade budgets first emerged. And these budgets were initially developed to enable pricing flexibility, but you know, over time they sort of morphed into an investment vehicle designed to really influence a vendor's performance with individual retailers. So, you know, an example of that would be like slotting fees, which would secure quantity and quality of distribution. Trade investments, such as funding store circulars, securing secondary displays, subsidizing promoted price points. You know, for, for a lot of large CPG manufacturers, that had sizable trades, but these became sort of like a requisite cost, right? To compete really in modern brick and mortar grocery era. And retail media, you know, is really emerging as the stepchild of that in, in a similar way for CPG in the e-commerce era. You know, it's been rising. Retail media has been rising on digital platforms like in its, in its modern form, like sort of in its evolved state for really the last five or six years. But I'd say really in the second half of last year, I think for, for a lot of obvious reasons, some of them which you mentioned, you know, in the last half of, of 2020 is when 
know, this, this real inflection point took hold. And, you know, you think about it, you look at, you know, you look at market like China, where this is already commonplace, right? Where digital ad spend totally makes up, you know, more than 75% of all ad spend. And Alibaba, you know, captures roughly a third of that. In the U.S., obviously, Amazon is the incumbent. Uh, they've sort of been at the vanguard of this area, as they have, obviously, on, on many e-commerce fronts. And CPG manufacturers have been making media investments with Amazon at a growing rate year over year to the point where they have a you know, tw- you know, 20 plus billion dollar global ads business. And it, it makes sense, right? Data is knowledge and, and knowing intent and knowing behaviors, understanding the customer at such an integrate level is really important and, and, and will be, continue to be in the future, especially as, as you know, e-com continues to grow you know, digital behaviors continue to take root. People continue to adopt the tools and the habits. And, and so retailers are in a really great position to help brands solve for that. And, and really, you know, on our mission at Walmart Connect is to connect brands with customers in meaningful ways at moments that matter. And the time right now is, is perfect for that. So the word that really stands out to me in that intro is traffic. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the, let's call it pre-70s definition where Mm -hmm. the instantiation of, we'll call it the more traditional trade arrangements with CPG organizations and large retailers, I think about, well, if I know certain areas of my physical store are going to have higher traffic and higher purchase intent, I want that end cap. I want to be on the right shelf at eye level. I want to be somewhere away or close to my competitors, depending on whether I'm leading in market or further down in market. But as the advent and the growth of e-commerce has happened, and to your point, this notion of being able to better use data to define intent in a digital e-commerce world, traffic's completely different. Now we're talking web visits, we're talking shopping cart ads and abandons. Is the proliferation of the amount of data that you can understand about a digital visitor really changing the way in which you think about this new world of retail media from maybe the traditional sense of what was your trade arrangement? Yeah, absolutely. It's the evolution, right? It's not as much about a, a cost of doing business now as, as much about an opportunity, a growth opportunity, you know, to capture market share and to build brand. And I think, you know, I think that as consumers shift online, what we talk to to merchants and, and and vendors about all the time is it's not good enough just to be on the shelf anymore. It's not good enough to buy that end cap, that blade or that ballard in the store, which, you know, those are all still very valuable media executions. We have an omni-channel strategy at Walmart Connect. We literally rebranded ourselves from Walmart Media Group to Walmart Connect because we realized what we were doing was more than just media. Right. It was it was about these connections. It was about the ability to connect with the customer in different ways across the entire Walmart ecosystem. Obviously, Walmart has incredible scale. And so, you know, not just being on the shelf really comes down to just looking at the data. Right. And understanding that 48 percent of Canadian shoppers research online before they go in store. We have mountains of browser behavior and then the in-store activity to back up that that is a thing, right? And especially over the last year as people don't want to 
go into a store and do your, you know, traditional Sunday afternoon browse around, right? Like they're in and out. Like they know what they want to get. They get their groceries. And in the case of a retailer like Walmart, they go grab some new socks or a hammer and some nails or, you know, a new bike for their kid and they're out of there. But they've already done the research, right? They've already been online. And and again, that's an opportunity in those moments for brands to message very effectively and and very efficiently to the shopper. So what's unique about Canada? Because obviously a lot of organizations you mentioned are American, Chinese, global in Mm -hmm. nature. What is it about the Canadian landscape that you think is going to really help this model evolve? Is there anything distinct about our e-commerce ecosystem, our population, our behaviors, our traffic, the way you say it, that might, you know, stand out for Canada? Um, I don't know if we're unique. You know, I think we're swift to adjust, certainly to embrace um, e-commerce. But I think we know this, right? Again, like four out of five of Walmart shoppers still want to go in store. So, so, you know, I think Canadians still like the retail experience as much as they've adopted digital tools and certainly adopted um, e-commerce as a way of doing business. There's still an allure and an, an attraction to, to the in-store experience. And we're, you know, we're very focused at Walmart on making sure that that, again, that experience is, is one that we can help brands connect with those shoppers in, in meaningful ways when they do choose to do that. And, you know, that could be through digital signage. That could be through more, you know, engaging activations like in-store activations in the United States. Certainly they've leveraged parking lots. You know, great example of what our team in the U.S. did last year is they set up drive-in movie theaters in Walmart parking shop. And then they they had associated sponsorship around that. Um, Very extreme example, very expensive example. But I mean, you, you get the idea. So. I don't think there's a, a certainly a, a uniqueness in Canada. We're seeing really strong results uh, f- for the brands that are investing with Walmart Connect, and it's only it, those you know those results are, are are continuing to improve as we get more sophisticated in, in leveraging the incredible p- power of our first party data. Honestly, like believing in the notion that with with data comes more power as that you know, data knowledge boundary continues to grow for us as a retailer, there's, again, a great opportunity to partner with brands as our traffic grows, as we were able to find new ways to connect. And obviously, you mentioned it too, the you know, increased limitations on use of third-party cookies, diminishing signal strength is a real thing. And you know, uh, you know, Walmart Connect and others in the space are unlocking new ways to monetize very valuable uh, customer relationship. So I got to ask you the conflict question, because the other thing that I notice happening is this incredible amount of investment by CPG and manufacturers of products to build out their direct-to-consumer business. And so when I, as a consumer, think about, oh, I got to get a pair of shoes, I now have more choice. I can go to a specialty shoe retailer. I can go to a more mass store like a Walmart. I can go to manufacturer.com and buy direct. So are you finding that there's any conflict between you trying to provide incremental data, shopper intent, and so on to drive people into your particular retail locations for the purpose of buying these CPG brands and the CPG brands themselves trying to find these shoppers and potentially drive them to their own e-commerce ecosystem? How does that look in the landscape these days? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think as CPGs are, you know, they have it coming out at them from all angles. And for us, it's like we have these long-standing, really strong relationships, um, and they're and they're mutually beneficial. Like we're all about shared growth. That's our goal. Our goal is certainly not to you know to cannibalize anything that they're doing outside of that. But I think you know we have the scale, we have the footprint, we have the the distribution, you know, the logistics. Obviously, for us, it's, it's again, it's, a, it's about helping them grow their business. We see this in the true sense of the word partnership. And, you know, and it, it, as a great example of that, it's a very virtuous sort of cycle of investment. You know, any upside that we make as Connect, as a business, we're reinvesting those dollars, right? That doesn't just go to the bottom line. And, you know, as a traditional publisher would just, you know, go to the bottom line. For us, any margin we're making on our business is reinvested into our e-commerce platform, right, is reinvested into offsetting the incredible cost of creating this huge digital infrastructure. And that is like directly benefits our partners, the CPGs, right? Because we, we're trying to make that a better experience, a more seamless experience, a, a wow experience for the customer when they come on to walmart.ca, when they use our app, or if they choose to, again, just to use it for research and go in store. So we want it to be an incredible experience. And so we continue to, you know, just to reinvest all of that into those platforms, which is all about sustained growth for both Walmart and for our, our CPG partners. So I think it's a, it's a very healthy ecosystem and I think it'll continue to be one. And yeah, you know, I think, I think C- CPGs will continue to test direct to consumer ways of doing business. Um, but obviously, you know, we feel strongly that the partnerships we've built and the ecosystem, both both bricks and mortar and, and digital that we have is is still going to be the, you know, the 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 way that um, they're going to be uh, growing their businesses. So let me ask you then at the intersection of so many things you just talked about, you talked about advertising, media, publishing, e-commerce, technology, infrastructure, data analytics. Ah, uh, chaos. <laughs> so, so your business is interesting. What are you finding? Like, what's the talent pool like? What kind of people are the right people to live in that kind of an ecosystem? Because it is such an interesting mashup of different experiences and skills. And obviously, even looking at your own background, having worked in consulting and monetization of content and publishing online, all the way through to you know to now. What's the talent pool? What are the kind of skills that this industry looks for as it's now starting to burgeon and grow? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's a great question because, you know, I don't come from a, a retail background. I don't, but, but also I've worked, with, I've worked with brands my entire career. And if you work with the brands at the level I have, you understand what their challenges are and you understand, um, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and how they're trying to accomplish and how they're constantly needing to adapt and deal with just the incredible complexity of, of just like media, let alone everything else that I've mentioned and, and then that you just recapped. And it's not going to get, it's not going to get easier. I, I, I say this all the time, you know, the amount of just for, from a pure like advertising perspective, like the amount of fragmentation that's happened in, in the last 10 years compared to over the last, you know, 50 is, is incredible. It's harder than ever to reach your target audiences as an advertiser. So taking all that into account, going back to your question, I mean, 
I think I think anyone in in business today has to has to look at how how things are converging and really try and understand not just your piece of the pie in a silo, but like when we're thinking about solving for our brands and and certainly delivering great advertiser experiences for for our consumers, we're considering the entire e-commerce journey. Uh, we're considering the entire retail environment. Right. So really having a real holistic understanding of all of that and certainly, you know, how advertising fits into an entire media strategy and how media fits into the entire marketing approach is is I think in these days it's 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 more important than ever. So so that so the type of talent, I mean, again, back to your question is like, yeah, we have digital peer play natives. We have people that have been you know, working in retail for a long time and have, you know, really, you know, pivoted and, and learned. We have folks who've worked in, you know, I work with a lot of folks who've come from consulting backgrounds, right? Certainly in our in our insights and analytics team, where again, we're sitting on this mountains of data. How do you make sense of all of it? Right. So we really attract people from really diverse backgrounds who are just really keen to work in this incredible like retail's incredibly fast paced. Like I don't People don't have never worked in it, don't realize it, but it moves quickly. And I've come from some high growth businesses and industries. Retail moves at pace, like not, nothing I've ever seen. And the transformation that, you know, that Walmart's going through is, is you know, the largest retailer in the world um, is phenomenal to see a company as big transform as quickly and make really key decisions as quickly as they do. And it's, it's actually a really exciting time. A lot of the doom and gloom about the retail apocalypse, I, th- I think, was a, a lot of media hype, frankly. I think we'll see this coming out of the pandemic. Retail's in a, in, in a pretty good place. And obviously, there's some catch-up to be done to some of the, the incumbents, but, um, but there's, there's incredible opportunity for anyone who's looking for a really exciting career that is like very innovative and very digitally driven and, and very data centric and, and super dynamic. I fully agree with the fact that retail is going through a transformation, but it's still, there are still things you need to touch and feel before you buy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think about a current situation I'm in where I've got this kayak, it's sitting up north at a cottage and I want to lock it to the dock. And there's a little hole in the front of the kayak where you have the grip handle and I got to feed a cable through it but I don't know exactly how thick the cable needs to be and how long it has to be. I kind of right. touch and feel and see because reading a measurement on a website, unless I'm really specific, I, I kind of, I'm just the kind of person who wants to have that sort of tactile experience when it comes to something that I don't want to get it wrong and have to go back. So I fully agree with you. So here's yeah. a question, a couple of quick hit questions to kind of wrap this, wrap this conversation up. Sure. So you're at this intersection of, of digital advertising and data and retailing. So what works from an ad perspective? Like what are the kind of creatives and messages that are really driving from your perspective, the right behavior and customers that you want? Like maybe there's an example of an ad you've seen recently that kind of stands out as like, that's best practice. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of good examples. I can really speak for ourselves. Um, You know, we've evolved from very basic banner ads right? IAB standard ad units. Um, and I'm talking digital now and I can, I can talk about some, you know, some cool things I've seen certainly in the bricks and mortar space as well, but we've evolved from very basic sort of uh, display advertising to more sophisticated placements, um, uh, more, more dynamic placements, um, more native units, right. That are, that are, that are 
um, you know, like they're part of the page, right? Uh, and they're less obviously like in the sense like the buyer's mindset when they come to an e-commerce destination like Walmart.ca is like they're either coming to research or browse out of interest or they're in a shopper mindset, but generally speaking, they're in a shopper mindset, again, either doing the research or, you know, there to actually purchase. And so for us, it's not as much about, you know, bells and whistles as it is about really putting the right message in front of the right person at the right time when they're in market, you know, they're expressing intent, they're punching in bicycles into our search engine. Well, you know, if we've been working with CCM and they want to place an ad, you know, a sponsored listing at the top of the page, we're going to do that for them. You know, the same hold thing. On, hold on. So Walmart has bicycle inventory right now. Is that what you're trying to tell uh, me? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I, I got to I have to ask the merchant on that one. But uh, we're pretty good about keeping the stock shelves. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, great question. I'm actually in market for a couple myself. But I think I think what, you know, Corby, it's evolving. And so, you know, really good example is like with non-endemic, right? So think about, you know, think about brands. So again, we, you know, we, we have ad placements for, for every type of advertiser and, and all very relevant and in the moment, again, highly targeted, highly efficient and, and, and appropriate to the site, non-intrusive. And again, meant to be part of the page with, with a clear call that it, is, that it is an advertisement. But I'd say the opportunity to get creative in the space is when it comes to like non-endemic, like you're, you're going on walmart.ca because you're going... When, when we can fly down south again, you're going on a trip to Cuba and you want to buy uh, some sunscreen and you want to buy some towels and you want to buy a bathing suit for your kids and you want to buy a pail and some sand toys and you get the point. You know, does it behoove us to not have Air Canada advertise on our site in a creative way, right? That allows for like a bit more of an immersive shopping experience where we can also merchandise product that you could buy and that is relevant to the shopper on walmart.ca absolutely we're doing a lot of testing in this area we know that you know immersive content and dynamic content and you know shopping aids that help you make decisions um, are all you know things that will be a part of the e-commerce experience of the future and so I think that's, you know, to really answer your question about like what I, what I get excited about and what I think is really creative, I think that's, that's where it's going. And I think you'll start seeing a lot more of that from us in, in particular. And, you know, there's already, there's already others that are, that are already doing those types of executions. Okay, so on all of that last question, what's the last thing you've bought online? The last thing I bought online, um, a book. <laughs> not, not, good? Not, nothing too exciting. Uh, I bought a book actually, so I, I can, I can plug my book club on this, but we have a, uh, we have a learning committee within the customer organization at Walmart and we have our learning agenda for the year is all about having a growth mindset. And so, uh, I bought a book called mindset by, I think it's uh, Carol Dwick. I'm going to butcher her last name, but you know, Stanford for professor that pretty much made the term growth mindset uh, as popular as it is. So yeah, we're starting a monthly book club and, and that, that, that's what I bought. So nothing, nothing too exciting. So Dana Turing, the founder of the Walmart Connect Corporate Book Club, uh, <laughs> the vice president yeah. of Walmart Connect Canada, helping transform the Canadian landscape and really the global landscape from a retailer perspective, building out what I, I can only imagine will be one of the most successful retail media networks on a global basis. Thank you for explaining it to me, to my listeners, and continued success. I expect to see some immersive 
dynamic content ads <laughs> for flights uh, to take me somewhere really warm on a revenge travel basis at the end of this pandemic while I'm there, on Walmart. There we go. Awesome. Uh, you're on. You're on. All right. Thanks so much for spending time today. Thank you, Corby. It's great. Take care. You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at CorbyFine, or visit my website, CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening.